ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. It was a surreal feeling, you know, and, and it took a while for me to really understand what that meant. Blank is a Notre Dame tradition I love. Mm, winning. Here come the Irish. What a run! Touchdown! Play of the year for the Irish! Welcome, welcome to the Indy on NBC podcast. I'm your host, Coy Robinson. I am very excited to bring you on this adventure because this, I, I know we say this every single year as Notre Dame fans. I went to school at Notre Dame. I played there. This could be the year for a national championship. I know what you're thinking. Is it really? You start off with the number two Ohio State team that it looks like it's their year for a national championship too. First season with Marcus Freeman as uh, the head coach running the helm. But I honestly think that we, it, this could be the one since 1988. This could be the first one where we have a real shot at it. And, and let me tell you why. Just before we get in there, why am I qualified to tell you? I don't really know. I, I played football at Notre Dame, and I was able to uh, – I played wide receiver there. I coached there my senior year. I retired due to concussions, and I was able to uh, be a student assistant. Then this past season, I was a studio analyst uh, for the broadcast, got to do work on pro day and spring game. So – I have a little bit of an insight as far as, you know, what makes Notre Dame tick. Um, and I would love to bring that insight to all of you. So first and foremost, what happened last year? It's a great question. Let me take you back. Notre Dame finished eighth in the AP poll with a record of 11 and two. Uh, your attention should go straight to those two losses. What exactly happened? Well, one of those losses essentially ended Notre Dame's chances for uh, college football playoff hopes. And that was the loss against Cincinnati, which was absolutely heartbreaking if you were a Notre Dame fan. The second thing I want to draw your attention to is the bowl game. Now, we can talk about the key wins that, that were throughout the season. You know, ones that come to mind is Wisconsin at Soldier Field, um, where the defense really stepped up in a big way. Florida State overtime to start the season, which was, in theory, it was a great win until Florida State kind of imploded later just a few weeks later, actually. And then North Carolina under the lights at home. A fantastic offensive show out. But I want, to, I want to draw your attention to the Fiesta Bowl because Notre Dame lost in a heartbreaking fashion to Oklahoma State. And I remember I was watching that game. And I kid you not, it was 28, it was 28 to 14 at half. And I thought, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. I was in my apartment here in New York. I'm going to go get a drink. Uh, no, not not alcoholic beverage. I'm going to go get a drink and maybe get some food. I'm going to come back and relax. We got time. 
And what happened, what proceeded to happen in the second half absolutely blew me away and not in a good way. I ended up mourning that entire evening. I just called my family close to tears. And I feel like a lot of Notre Dame fans felt the same way. So that's the, the last taste of Notre Dame football that we had in our mouths, a, a loss 37 to 35 against Oklahoma State. Now, the defensive coordinator for Oklahoma State is now, Jim Knowles, is now the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. That's a fun little fact for you. Um, also, what happened in the offseason, Tyler Buckner won the starting job. In the spring game, we thought we'd be able to see a glimpse of him. We did not. He was not playing in the spring game, uh, which was extremely disappointing because that was the, the big thing for me, at least in the spring game, because I wanted to see Tyler Buckner play. The reason being, he's... Uh, He's kind of a rare talent, and I mean that I want to I want to guard myself here when I say this because you don't want to have too high of expectations for any one player when they're so young in their career. But I will just tell you a brief story. I was covering the spring game when, right after he graduated high school, he enrolled early, and I remember watching him warm up. I couldn't take my eyes off the kid. I just couldn't take my eyes off this young man. He hadn't played football in like a year, um, and the way he threw the ball. I was a wide receiver, so I, I can kind of understand what a pretty football looks like in the air. You know, it's, it's just kind of like a weird thing where I guess, you know, chefs can understand certain things or, you know, basketball players understand certain nuances of the game. Well, for wide receivers, you just know a pretty ball when you see one. And the way he threw the football, it was poetry. I, I was just sitting there talking to our camera guy who was a student. I was like, man, I, I watched him for 20 minutes. I told the guys, I can't believe that this kid is an early enrollee freshman. And I thought immediately then and there that Notre Dame may have found its quarterback, meaning I think for Notre Dame to get to that national championship level, you need to have like a Heisman type of quarterback. And he's not there yet, but I think he does have the talent. And that was one thing that um, Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, told um, me and my colleagues last year when we were just asking questions about Tyler Buckner in our meetings is this idea, well, how do you apply rigor and discipline to just pure God-given natural talent? And that is the question that Tyler Buckner has to answer. And the last piece here is two players who um, no longer are on the team because they went to the league. Kyron Williams, the dude all running back, who could catch in space, who's a receiver, he could run the ball. And guess what? The offensive line called him the sixth offensive line, which is at Notre Dame, that offensive line just prints out starters in the NFL. That is a massive compliment. Uh, the second player is Kyle Hamilton, who was just a, a generational talent, quite frankly. I asked Marcus Freeman, at the pro day, well, how do you replace Kyle Hamilton? He said, you don't. It takes two or three players to, to just uh, produce what he was able to do on the field. So huge losses, gaping holes. How do they fix them? These are all the questions going into fall camp and going into this massive game against Ohio State. It's funny, funnily enough, Marcus Freeman started, well, he played at Ohio State from 2004 to 2008, got drafted, and then he started his coaching career at Ohio State in 2010. And now, in his first game as a head coach, he returns to his alma mater. We got the chance to catch up to him. Uh, we got the chance to talk to him when he was out in Las Vegas uh, for the Shamrock Series. And this is what he had to say about this upcoming season, first time running the program. Coach, I am so excited to, to have you on the podcast. I got to give you your whole title, the Dick Corbett head football coach sitting here <laughs> with Marcus Freeman. Let's just dive right in. Um, when What will you remember most, Coach, about the moment that you found out when you were leading uh, the Notre Dame football program? Well, I think it starts with the phone call from Jack. Um, Jack Schwarberg, our athletic director, and him letting me know that he had made a decision. And uh, it was a surreal feeling, you know, and, and 
it took a while for me to really understand what that meant. And then the chance to just go be around our players. And I, I think a lot of people have seen the viral video that me coming into the locker room, but all I wanted to do was be around those guys. I wanted to hug them. I wanted to embrace them because, because they're a huge reason why I was at in that position. And so um, that's what it's all about, man. It's about those players and about achieving success together. Coach, let's get into uh, the nitty gritty here. We're diving right. We're going from the platitudes into the technicalities. What does a day actually look like as a head coach? Can you just like walk us through from getting up to going to sleep? <laughs> well, today uh, I got up about five o'clock and got a quick workout in and spent some time with our players and got on a plane and flew out to Las Vegas. And uh, I actually lost a couple of dollars at the, you know, I was, I was waiting until two o'clock to, to have this meeting and lost a couple of dollars with Golik. Uh, but you know, it's, it's everyday changes, right? And, and I, I look forward to getting to fall camp and really it being all about football and all about our players and, and as much time as I can spend around our players and, and, and help, help them grow, help them reach their goals. And, and that's what it's all about, man. I love our staff. We've got an unbelievable staff and, uh, you know, but the hours are, they're, they're, they're countless, you know, and, but it's a part of, of what this prof- profession entails. We saw the spring game uh, this summer, though. It's, it's interesting. Your first summer with this team as their head coach, what exactly is a successful summer to you? What, what would that look like? Well, as I told them yesterday in our, our team run is that there's an optimal level that this group can have. Our roster is our roster. And, and here's the optimal level that they can have. Our job is to develop them every day to get them as close to that level as we can. And then they got 12 guaranteed opportunities to go play this game. Right. But we have to develop them and we have to push them. And our strength coach, Matt Bayless, has done an unbelievable job um, of truly pushing those guys and training them and developing them. And so but it's not going to be easy. Right. And, and I said this earlier, but it's the, the routine and the schedule and the, the, the way we train is time tested. And it's not going to be easy and it's never going to be easy. And uh, they have to understand that. Coach Bayless and, and myself, man, we spend countless hours saying this is what it's going to take to get this team to develop to the level we want them to, and then they have to go to work. Has there been any changes from the summer program from last year to this year that are notable? No, not 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 really. Coach Bayless obviously was the head strength coach last year. Probably you'll see me around a lot more, you know, and, and I, I like to, to be in the weight room with them. I like to be on the field with them as much as I can um, just so they know, hey, man, this is important to me. You know, uh, the, what we do in the, the weight room, what we do on the, the practice field is, is really, really important to me, and I want to be around them as much as I can. One thing that stands out, if, if you're a Notre Dame football fan, uh, last year to this year, top 10 recruiting class last year, two number ones for the next two years, Coach. I, I know that's like being a Notre Dame fan, everyone thinks, okay, well, how do you do it with academics and all this stuff? So I have to ask, how did you, how did you do this, Coach? Well, we got a great staff. We, we got a staff that works their tails off. Um, we got a great director of recruiting, uh, Chad Bowden, that, that really um, does a great job evaluating and, and connecting with the players. But it's hard work. You know, it's like you, you got to outwork your opponents and, and you got to be willing to cons- consistently be in contact with these young people. And it's about developing trust. And trust is developed over time. You know, it's not going to be one conversation that you have with a young person in a family that's going to make them choose Notre Dame. It's it's continuously having a relationship, continuously explaining to them why, what makes Notre Dame special. The Corey Robinsons of the world, right, and saying that, hey, you can play this game at the, the highest level and truly achieve all your football goals, but but it also sets you up for life after football. And, and you have to be able to show that in a way that they truly understand. 
maybe you should use uh, Zach Martin, <laughs> not me as an example. <laughs> but but uh, the, the another question I want to ask you: you talk about summer camp, and, and you're very excited about fall camp. Who already has impressed you out there as you're roaming the fields and, and looking around? Anyone well, jump out? Yeah, I mean, I think you have a returning captain, Jarrett Patterson, that's, that was, was injured in the spring, that he's been really good uh, to just have back around his leadership. Um, that offensive line has been tremendous, and, and he's the leader of that group. And then Isaiah Foskey on the defensive line, um, you know, to hear him become more and more vocal and to raise the standards of others, that's the thing we're pushing is that we can't have vocal – we can't have leaders by example anymore. Right. And that our leaders have to be the ones that hold everybody accountable. And if you're not holding your teammates accountable, then you're letting us all fall short. And so we're trying to continue to promote that leadership where our players are taking the reins and, and really, really driving our culture. How do you help someone like Foskey take that next step as a leader? I think you got to keep showing them. You got to, you know, give him feedback. Hey, Isaiah, be around them so that you can say, here's an example where you could have been a better leader and here's where you're not. And uh, I think it's just continue to be around him, continue to put those thoughts and, and those lessons in his head and, and encourage him. So first game on the schedule jumps out to everyone, Ohio State, your alma mater. Uh, what are you doing to prepare your team for that, the, the environment that you anticipate receiving? <laughs> Oh, I'm sure it's going to be loud and crazy. We're working on a lot of uh, silent counts right now. And, and that was something that um, I addressed with our coaching staff early in the spring is that I know one thing about the Ohio Stadium is it's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. And we have to make sure we're preparing now um, for the crowd noise. And, and, and that's something we're doing. But, but our focus right now is the development of our current team. We have to continue to focus on our current team. As we get in Ohio State week, um, there won't be a lack of motivation, I know, for this, this football program. But I want to continue to look at the development of the Notre Dame football team. And the last question before we get into a really fun, quick uh, lightning round of fill in the blank. I have to, to, to ask you, when you think about Notre Dame football, tradition comes to mind. Uh, what are the traditions that, that are your favorite? And then what are the traditions that you hope to, to build and leave as this was a Freeman era tradition that might stand the test of time? Yeah. Um, I don't know what the Freeman era uh, traditions will be. I, I want it to be about Notre Dame football. Um, obviously, having game day mass was something that we changed to, to bring back. And it's important to me that uh, we continue to embrace the spirituality of what makes the University of Notre Dame special. And um, having mass on game day was something that was important to me. But, you know, we just want to uphold the standards that have been set before us. And uh, that's what we have to continue to remember. It's a privilege to go to this school. It's a privilege to go to this university, but also a privilege to be a part of this football program. And when you think like that, when you understand that, um, you're going to live accordingly. Okay, lightning round. So uh, just the game is blank, and then I'll say the, the statement, and you fill in the blank. Ready? Blank is the first live sporting event I attended. Uh, Chicago Bulls basketball game. Blank is someone I was really nervous to meet for the first time. Ooh, uh, LeBron James. Oh, wow. I would love to follow up with that. We got to keep moving. Blank is something I like to do the old fashioned way. Uh, parent my children. And blank is a Notre Dame tradition I love. Mm, winning. <laughs> the Golden Standards National Championships. You got to love the end, to end it right there. Thank you so much for your time, Coach. I really appreciate you. All right, Corey. Great seeing you, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to Coach Marcus Freeman. Every time I talk to him, I feel invigorated. I feel enlightened. He has that effect. He's very charismatic. In fact, I remember the first time I talked to him ever, it was uh, two years, it was his first season. And um, 
I asked him what, what he thought about Notre Dame, and he just immediately got it. And that's when I knew. I was like, okay, this, this is going to be really, really special. Uh, next up, we have a, a player who started all of the games last year for uh, the Notre Dame defensive line, Jason Adam Milola. And we had a great conversation uh, on Tuesday heading into Ohio State week. And, and this is what he had to say. I'm joined now by graduate senior defensive lineman Jason Adamilola ahead of this week's opening matchup at number two ranked Ohio State. Jason, let's just kind of go back really quick. You, you just finished fall camp. Um, how do you think it went as a team? How did you, how do you think it went for you personally? Uh, this fall camp was big, you know, uh, bringing together all the pieces, uh, going out there each and every day, just pushing the bar each each and every day, getting better and better, and just competing as a team. And I feel like this camp, you know, we was all detailed and we was focused on what we needed to work on. Everything we wanted to do was being intentional. And that just came from winter workouts to uh, through spring ball, summer workouts, and then led into camp. Who jumped out uh, at fall camp in your eyes? Really, you know, the, the young guys, you know, the class that just came in, the juniors and the sophomores, you know, but those guys, they, they made it a focus to uh, be very attentional to everything we do, you know, because um, what Coach Freeman had said in January at the Oklahoma State, you know, for us to get to the next next point, where, uh, this next stage in our program, everybody has to be together. You know, we all need to take that next big step. The, the D-line is such an interesting group, Jason, because y'all's culture is, like, unbreakable. It's, such, it's so clearly defined. How do you pass it on to those young guys, the sophomores and juniors? It's really just working hard. You know, I think those guys did a great job picking up on our culture. You know, we have a lot of older guys, you know, guys as an older guys who have experience, guys who've been in the program, guys who put in the work each and every offseason. So, like, th these young guys, you know, like the expectation is high for them because they didn't see the hard work and, they and they're working just as hard as us. So that's how we just keep on pushing up on the culture. I, I want to shift more technically here. Al Golden, new defensive coordinator. Marcus Freeman was the defensive coordinator. What has been the difference in your eyes playing for Coach Golden? You know, Coach Golden's been great. Ever since he came here, it's really, you know, I thought, you know, as a defensive lineman, we knew a lot of football. But, man, and he taught us a whole new ballpark, you know. And uh, we've all, we, we all been blessed to have him here. And I feel like, you know, for us to be a smarter unit, you know, bringing in Coach Golden, he, 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 he preaches a problem solving. He preaches understanding and knowing why we're doing what we're doing. So it's been a blessing to learn everything and picking and choosing from Coach Golden Ted. What has he taught you specifically? He taught me specifically uh, hey, just reading off slides, what to expect, what moves to hit. And, and, and sometimes I always used to be patient with my moves. You know, I like to just be patient and stuff. But he was like, hey, when to be patient, when to just go, like, you know, what type of things you just need to go. So he really just preached to me like, hey, go, go now, go now, go now, go now. Stuff like that, little small nicks and stuff. And I, and honestly, just the way he looks at the game and just seeing all that little fast stuff, it's it's kind of opened up a new window for me to see the game. So He's coming from the, the NFL. I know that especially the D-line is almost like a – like a, a, an escalator to the NFL. Everyone yeah, just goes yeah, and for a yeah. long time. What were some of the <laughs> things that, that he's taught you as far as just looking at the game from uh, from that NFL level, a pro level? Yeah, he's just been talking to us about, look, focus on the ball. Whatever you need to do, frame the ball. Hey, when you see the ball, there's different ways to get the ball out. The ball is the object. Get to the ball. Attack the ball. We need the ball. And really just narrowing our focus on just that, you know, the details of, of – helping the offense out, like you know, how we could slow down the game and like what different techniques we could use to master ways to get the ball for our offense. So 
And you're playing quite the the offense this weekend at Ohio State. You have, in theory, three Heisman Trophy candidates on the other side, led by C.J. Stroud. Uh, what is the priorities for you? If you could rank them, you know, how, how do you stop this Ohio State offense? You know, the big thing for us, we've been preaching in the D-line, you know, big box. You know, we preach we the big dogs. Like, that's point proving, you know. We're going to go in there and stop. Like, our, our game plan is just be physical, tough football players, go in there, stop the run. We, we we just want to, you know, like whatever it is, it's big on big. But you know what? A lot of people say they big, but we big too. So we just preaching big box mentality, you know. That's what it is. It's we going to war. That's that we shutting down the gates and just going to war, big box mentality. When you watch him on tape, because how many days of film have you been able to study so far? We're, we're recording on Tuesday. How many days have uh, we been studying Ohio State or I have? Oh, oh See, you I've have, been, Ohio State. I've been looking at Ohio State all summer, you know, ever since we got, I got an opportunity, you know, just getting more and more film and then just be more and more familiar with them. But, you know, like like I said, like it, it's it's a blessing to have to have this game first, you know, like we're, we're, we're locked in and we're, we're focused on the main thing, the main thing. And, and and that just comes from the unit, you know, we the leadership in the unit, we're just preaching to the guys like, listen, listen, attack, focus, laser focus, open your eyes, preach on the main thing. Just go, 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 go. And that's what we just bring out to the practice field. That's what we've just been working in all camp. Just just having that mindset, just attacking, attacking. One thing, Jason, I think is so interesting. I was talking to Kyle Hamilton last year during the pro day, and he was explaining to me how he learned how to watch film. And it's funny because you, there are different ways you watch film. And, and it, it seems like every year you learn the nuances. At this stage in your career, you're a senior, you know, graduate defensive, uh, sorry, graduate senior. How do you watch film? How are you watching the Ohio State film this summer? How do you break it down? Uh, you know, this past summer, we had a privilege to have Justin Tuck come in and talk to the guys, you know, talk to the whole team as a whole. And that was one of the questions that I brought up, like, how do you see the game? You know, how do you watch film? And he just really broke it down like different tips. And I could say like this past summer, I just been watching film and like really like slowing down the set. What type of guy is this guy? Is he, is he, does he like to punch with his two hands or one hand? Is he like to capture my outside shoulder or inside punch shoulder? Just like really breaking down the little small nicks. And like, so like as a defense line perspective, a defense lineman, you can really just look at film like, hey, if he wants to capture my inside shoulder, then I need to have high hands to make sure I get the outs, my inside my inside hand off his outside hand to clear my clear space for me. So like little small nicks that just make me a faster player. Or just I, I just been looking at like, you know, just – um, this past spring, you know, we had been blessed to have Coach Heastan back and him teaching the guys new stuff and just picking off our old linemen, you know, just like hand placement, whether hands in the dirt or like different keywords or um, alignment, stuff like that, you know, just little small things to make you a better player, make you play a little faster. So when we think about the, the large scale goals, obviously for the team, win a national championship, but for you, what, what would be success uh, this season for you as an individual? As an individual, you know, like each year you set these goals for yourself and for your team, you know, I, and, and I feel like this year is kind of different because, you know, all the goals, that, like you said, everybody's goals are all aligning together, you know, for us, for me to get to my personal goal, I got to make sure this team's straight, you know, that's, and that's the mindset with everybody. For us to achieve our personal goals, it doesn't work until we all are bought in. We all buy into it, what, what we really need to accomplish. Because once we accomplish that, everything is going to take care for itself. And that's just the mindset I, I bring out to this field. And, and, and with me even having a twin brother here, you know, we, we both are focused on our goals. We preach it every morning and night. And that's just something that we just, we just talk on. And uh, I feel like we conquer that mindset of just attacking, 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 worrying about 
the now, what we need to focus on right now. And then come Saturday, come down the road in, in the next few months, everything's going to take care of itself. So I'm not even worried about my own personal stuff. But like I said, like my personal goals are skyrocket high for this season. And, 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 and I, I'll die to achieve them. I know, I know with the hard work that we're all putting in, like everything's going to pay off. Like DBs are helping the D linemen, the linebackers are helping the, the D linemen. And it's just like everybody's just working together for that one common goal. You have such a special relationship with your brother. You guys live together, correct? Yes, sir. So can you explain this 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 last semester, right, this last time? What what do you want to get out of this this final few months on campus with your twin brother, Justin? I just want everything that we that we had in store, every, all our dreams that we had since a young age, you know, I just want to unleash that this year, both of us, you know, because we have the we have the privilege and opportunity to play the, our last season together. Who knows what's going to happen in the next next year but not even that we have a privilege to, to attend this university for the next for the next four months and you know that's all that we have so we're, we're really blessed every day we wake up we see the golden dome we go to class we can then we come to practice we're with the guys you know like i'm really soaking everything in but then it's like an extra motivation as i step on the field because hey like I, I every time i put that jersey on that helmet on i know like i'm it's clicking. It's it's one day shorter, one day shorter, one day shorter, and and, and that's that's extra motivation for myself, for my brothers, and also the guys in the D line room. They feel the same way, you know. Like we we put that helmet on, we know that look, we got to go to work because the time's ticking, the time's ticking, and that's it. So this this is the Indy on NBC process. I know we're talking a lot about football, but I got to ask about class. What what class are you most excited about taking this fall? Hmm. So I'm I. I I'm very excited for – I took, a, like, a sports leadership and um, management class, kind of like the management role along – it ties in with, like, leadership. But then I feel like the reason why I'm super excited for that class because it's a lot of, like, personal goals, you know, like how I carry myself as an individual, like how I want – where do I see myself in the next five to ten years? Um, so, and, and, it, and it really aligns to, like, what I want to – just kind of, like, figuring out what I want to do in the future. So, like, I'm really super interested and, like, excited about that class. I actually have it tomorrow at 930 in the morning. So excited for that. I probably got some readings to do tonight, but yeah. Student athlete never since the word. Mr. Adam Malola, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck this weekend against Ohio State. Thank you. Jason, thank you for your time. Uh, but let, let's focus here on big picture. What are we looking at for the 2022 schedule? There are some big games. Clemson comes to mind. That's going to be a big game. But none are bigger than this this for opening week because this this game in the opening week has college football playoff implications. It has national championship implications. You know they throw around that that term game of the century an awful lot, which I think is kind of funny. Like how can you have multiple games of the century? Seems like every couple of years you have a game of the century. But this could actually be a game to be remembered. One of those instant classics. Just just to put this into perspective, these two storied programs just don't meet very often. You're talking ships in the night. In the history of college football, they've only met this is the seventh time, which is shocking because you look at the pedigree here, Ohio State number one all time in, in winning percentage, Notre Dame's third. Ohio State is in a tie for second all time wins. Notre Dame is fourth. Both tie first all time with Heisman Trophy winners. Each has seven. The stakes historically, tradition-wise, fan base-wise, massive. It's the 100th um, year of Ohio Stadium. 
Wow. And then you add in this fact that Ohio State and Notre Dame haven't met in the regular season in 26 years. You have to go back to, to the 90s, to 1996. And to even go crazier, right? So if you go 95, 96, before that, it was 1936 and 1935. So this is a massive, massive, massive moment just in college football history. Now we zoom in. Why does this specific matchup matter? Well, it matters because of a young man named CJ Stroud, who finished fourth in the Heisman Trophy voting last year, he was a Heisman Trophy finalist. You look at his stats, I mean, it's like video game numbers, and that is one of the highest compliments you can give to a football player. Just look at the bowl game, the Rose Bowl. They won against Utah in what was a shootout, 48 to 45. He threw for almost 600 yards. He threw for almost 600 yards, 573 yards, six touchdowns, one interception, with an 80% completion rate. That just, you could, I dare you to get those numbers on Madden. I dare you to get those numbers. It's impossible. Then you add in Trevion Henderson, who's a thousand plus yard back. I mean, <laughs> he averages just under seven yards per carry as a running back. It's 15 touchdowns. And we're not even getting in to his receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, who last season proved that he might be the, the best receiver in college football in, in a single game in that in that bowl game against Utah. So all this to say that Notre Dame's defense has a lot on their hands to handle. Now on the other side, Notre Dame has, I think, incredible offensive weapons. Obviously, Michael Mayer is the best tight end in, in college football. Tyler Buckner, you know my thoughts on him. I think he could be very special. Um, the question with him is decision making and that maturity. But the receiving core, the receiving core. Everyone always talks about the receiving core. Is it an issue for Notre Dame or could it be a strength? I believe it's going to be a strength because of Lorenzo Styles and Deion Colsey. I think Lorenzo Styles, I talked to him last year in one of our pregame meetings. And I'm telling you, I've never met someone who's that focused, that young, and that talented. I think he's going to have a massive breakout year. And I think Deion Colsey, on the other hand, is just as far as being a big receiver, possession receiver, who is reliable. That was the word that the offensive staff used on, on reliable uh, with Dion. Is he's reliable? You can't go wrong with that. Mayor, Styles, Colsey, I think is is going to be the offensive combination. But can they outshoot the Buckeyes? That's the question you have to find out on Saturday, September third, seven thirty p.m. Eastern. I'll be there, so keep an eye out. I'll be doing some stuff for social, for digital. So um, I'll let you know what that atmosphere is like, how, how raucous and rowdy it really is. But we'll be back next week with reactions to that game. And we're going to preview the, the home preview, the first home game of the season in the Marcus Freeman era against Marshall. So be sure to download and subscribe to the Notre Dame on NBC podcast on the NBC Sports YouTube channel and wherever you get your audio podcast. Go ahead. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. 
They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.